This episode of The Moms Network is brought to you by Basco Dermatology, your skincare experts. Welcome to the Moms Network. Today, my co-host Patty, Eric, and I welcome Dr. Juliana Bosco of Bosco Dermatology as we discuss summer skin and skincare. Welcome, Dr. Bosco. Can you tell us a little more about yourself and your practice? Well, thank you. It is a pleasure to join you guys. Um, so as you just mentioned, uh, together with my husband, I founded Bosco Dermatology back in November 2018. We are located here in Naperville. Our practice focuses on general dermatology, cosmetic dermatology, as well as surgical dermatology. I am a board-certified dermatologist as well as a dermatopathologist, and I see um, patients of all ages, starting from kids all the way to the elderly. Oh, that's great. Um, I know we're rolling into the summer months, and so what we're here to talk about is that summer skin and things to look out for, and um, we'll have a great conversation about the ways we can best take care of our skin and maybe things to watch out for. Um, to start off with, I'd say, Way back when, when I was a teenager, I would slather on the baby oil. I think I had some sort of silver, you know, contraption. I had sun in, in my hair. Um, and, and right from as soon as the sun got warm enough, I was out trying to get this really big tan. Um, what is your suggestion today as far as uh, sun care and, um, and sunscreen? Right. Well, that's a great question, especially as we enter into the summer months, right? Um, and I think you make a great point. Back in the days, we did not know much about sunscreen, right? It was all about getting as dark as possible, right? Getting that, that tan on during the summer months. However, you know, we do know a lot more about sunscreen and um, how important it is to apply sunscreen, especially when you're outside and it's um, sunny. But not only when it is sunny, even on a cloudy days, it is very important to apply sunscreen. So a couple of things. Um, when we talk about sunscreen, uh, I, I think a lot of the general population is always worried about applying sunscreen because of all the chemicals, right? And there is some truth to that. There's, you know, some claims that sunscreen um, chemicals can be, you know, hazardous, can be dangerous, can cause uh, skin cancer. Although I, I have to say that there's really, um, we don't know, right, the truth. The FDA is always looking into these chemicals and asking the manufacturers to submit, you know, safety data for, um, for these chemicals. However, what I would say the prevailing um, thought and recommendation by, the, by, by dermatologists is to actually apply sunscreen and reapply every couple of hours when outside. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of things that we always tell patients to look for when choosing the right sunscreen, right? You always want to look at the label and you always want to make sure that you apply a broad spectrum sunscreen. The reason why is because broad spectrum sunscreens will protect against UVA as well as UVB. In addition, you do want a water-resistant sunscreen so that if you're swimming, if you're in the water, that sunscreen can be protective. And then physical sunscreens are also what we recommend. And the reason why is because they are pretty stable um, in UV light and they're not very irritating, yet they provide you know, great protection against both UVA and UVB. Is there, um, 
an SPF level that we should be using? Like, it, you know, you can get way up there in like the 70s. I mean, do you need to be using that or is there like a more moderate one that you could use? Great, great question. We normally recommend SPF 30 to 50. Um, think about what the SPF number means, right? It really means um, what, how much or what percentage of the UVB rays are being filtered out by sunscreen. So an SPF 15 filters out about 93% of those UVB rays. SPF 30 filters out about 97%. Mm. So if you go higher than SPF 30, you know, there's only minimal, right, um, extra protection. The most important thing that the public needs to realize is that there's no sunscreen that provides 100% protection, right, that filters out 100% of the UVB rays. But the, uh, the recommendation is normally SPF 30 to 50, I sometimes will err on the side of recommending SPF 50 if I have a patient who's very fair, who's had multiple blistering sunburns, who has a lot of molds, or who's had history of skin cancer. Otherwise, SPF 30 uh, should be sufficient. Is there any difference? I have young children, and I think it was two years ago, some articles came out against using the sprays, the spray can versus, and it, is that what you meant by a physical sunscreen? Is that stable? Yep. Right, a great uh, point. So the difference actually, so what I meant, so physical sunscreens have either zinc oxide or titanium dioxide. Okay. So those are the two main ingredients. Whereas the chemical sunscreens, they have, you know, a lot of different chemicals like oxybenzone, avobenzone, a lot of different other, you know, chemicals. So, um, so the physical versus, you know, chemical sunscreen really pertains to the difference in the chemicals that are within the sunscreen. However, sunscreens can come in a lot of different vehicles, right? They could be creams, they could be, you know, sprays, they can be sticks. The reason why we often say that, you know, be, be careful with the, with the sprays is that it's very easy to miss areas of the body, right? Mm -hmm. So we normally, especially for kids, since they have a relatively smaller body surface area, we do recommend creams as much as you can. Um, whereas with sprays, it's a lot easier to actually miss those, you know, certain areas of the body. So that's why we normally recommend creams, especially for kids, where it's a little bit easier to apply as opposed to um, sprays. Mm -hmm. I, I know it's always like, not anymore, my kids are 16 and 17 now, but when they were little, it was like the sunscreen battle. I right. mean, they, I mean <laughs> you know, they get outside and they just want to jump in the pool or go in the lake or, you know, be outside in a sprinkler. They, they don't, they don't want to take the time to put it on, you know? <laughs> um, I know, I know when I was growing up, um, we used to have like zinc oxide for our nose. So I was a swimmer and a diver. So I was out in the middle of the blazing sun for hours and hours and hours, um, on end. But, um, I, I know that these days they don't have those types of products anymore. Right? I don't see anyone with zinc oxide on their nose or is that built into the product? They do. They do. So the simple sunscreens actually they do have the zinc oxide or titanium dioxide, but you're right. It's usually very heavy, right? Yeah. When you apply it, you know, you can almost see like this thick white creamy layer right on your face. So that's why a lot of patients, right, don't prefer, don't like the, the physical sunscreens, right? Because they're very heavy and you look, you know, white, um, as opposed to the chemical sunscreens, which almost blend in, right, with your skin, so you don't see them um, as much. However, I do have patients, especially patients who have very sensitive skin, they cannot wear a chemical sunscreen. Because anytime they wear chemical sunscreens, they go out in the sun, they will have a reaction. Patients, especially with rosacea or acne, they're more likely to get, you know, irritated from those chemical sunscreens. The physical sunscreens are not as irritating. They're really just sitting on your skin. They're not getting absorbed, um, and they work right away. 
So if let's say you want a sunscreen, you're going out and you just thought of, you know, going out and you need to go out right that moment, right? And you need to apply a sunscreen, physical sunscreens work right away instantaneously. Whereas with the chemical sunscreens, we normally say, wait about 20 minutes. So apply it at least 20 oh. minutes before you actually go outside. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm totally screw. I'm <laughs> screwing that up. I know I am. Now, is there, and this kind of takes us a little bit off, but I know that, you know, during, especially when we change seasons, it's always nice to do like a facial or get something done to you. Is there any precautions like what we do to our face to not walk out in the sun as soon as we have it? Or should we take extra precaution if we've just had some sort of facial type of procedure done? Right. Great question. I mean, we always say anytime that you have a facial procedure, it's very important to put sunscreen on, right? If you're going outside. The reason why is because with any type of procedure, no matter how mild it is, it can actually cause a little bit of inflammation. And if you're going outside when your skin is inflamed, right, there's the risk that you get what we call post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. You can actually get those dark spots, right? Um, so that inflammation almost turns into those dark spots if you do not put sunscreen on. So that's why the recommendation, even after a, a hydrofacial, which is a pretty mild facial and doesn't cause a lot of irritation to the skin, you should always have sunscreen before you leave that doctor's office or that spa um, so that you can prevent that post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. That's, that's, a, that's a really good point. I would have never thought of that. Yeah. yeah. I always feel like I, I have a whole list of things I need to do better. We all do. There's a lot of things we could always you know, do better. <laughs> We're, you know, we're talking about, you know, being out in the sun and, and the heat. Does the summer months and the heat affect our skin in general as far as acne or um, is there something different we need to do with, you know, makeup if we wear it and things like that? That's a great question. So in terms of acne, since you mentioned acne, it's almost, it really depends on the type of acne that somebody has. Um, and there's two different types, right? There's the inflammatory acne where you get the pustle bumps, right? Or the red bumps. And then there's the comedonal acne, which is basically just the clogged pores. Now, patients who do have inflammatory acne, they usually do better in the summer months. And the reason why is because ultraviolet light is anti-inflammatory. It helps with inflammation. It also helps kill the P. acnes bacterium, the bacterium that actually causes acne. So a lot of my patients with inflammatory acne love the summer months because their face, you know, gets better. But then you have the patients who do have the, you know, blackheads and the whiteheads. And the reason why they're getting those clock pores is because of the oil production, right? And during the summer months, because of the heat, there's actually increased in that oil production. There's also a lot of sweating that goes on and that sweat can clog the pores even more. So patients who do have comedonal acne usually will do worse in the summer than those patients who have inflammatory acne. Mm. So... For a lot of, I mean, for a lot of these patients, we always say, well, you should wash your face at least twice a day, right? Use a non-comedogenic uh, cleanser, a cleanser that doesn't clog your pores. You should, if you are out and you're sweating a lot, maybe have those, you know, Neutrogena wipes, you know, that are non-comedogenic just to wipe, wipe off or wash off the sweat so that it doesn't, you know, make the, the clogged pores worse. And then when it comes to, to makeup, yeah, as little makeup as possible. And then wearing something light, like powder, for example, uh, makeup would be better than using like the heavy foundations because those can clog the pores. Moisturizers should also be light. So a lotion, for example, is much lighter than using a heavy cream. Um, even something like CeraVe, which is one of the, it's the dermatologist, you know, preferred um, moisturizer when it comes in the summer, we always say, well, use the CeraVe lotion. Do not use the CeraVe cream. Winter, on the other hand, we normally recommend the cream because it's thicker, it's more moisturizing. But during the summer, 
you should wear light moisturizers, light makeup. So less is more. Do you, speaking of moisturizers, if you have a moisturizer with an SPF in it, does that mean you shouldn't, you don't have to apply additional SPF or should you still? That's a great question. I get that question asked all the time. It really depends on how much, you know, what the SPF is within that moisturizer. Okay. A lot of moisturizers usually have a very low SPF. It's usually SPF 10 or SPF 15, which in our opinion, um, it's not enough. So in those cases, I do recommend that patients do use a sunscreen in addition to the moisturizer. If you do have a moisturizer that has a pretty high sunscreen, SPF, at least 30, then that should be okay. You do not okay. need to put sunscreen on top of that. And it's not, it's not simple math. If you have a moisturizer that's 20 and a mineral powder that's 30, that doesn't equal 50. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, Dr. Basco, it looks like we have time for one more question, which is a very important question. Um, I know that when I was 14, I was down on vacation, down in Cancun on vacation, and I got a blistering burn, like head to toe, ruined my vacation, didn't realize that I was a little closer to the equator, and I was 14. So um, for things to look out for, for those of us that have had some sun damage, um, what are the things that we need to be cognizant of to look for in our own skin as things that we would want to come in and see you to get checked out? Right, no, that's a great question. So we do know there's a lot of data now that blistering sunburns increase your risk of skin cancer. And it increases your risk of not only, you know, basal cell or squamous cell carcinoma, which are the two most common skin cancers that we normally associate with sun, exposure, but also of melanoma. In fact, it has been shown, there's data to suggest that more than five blistering sunburns, that the number five is the magical number, but can increase your risk of melanoma by 80%. Wow. Wow. So it's very, so it's very important, you know, for anyone who's had blistering sunburns, not only to keep an eye on their moles, their spots, and anything new to bring it to the attention of the dermatologist, but even to see a dermatologist frequently. We normally recommend once a year unless somebody has had a history, a prior history of skin cancer. So I always recommend to my patients, if you've had you know, a lot of sun exposure, if you've had sunburns, please keep an eye on your moles, please keep an eye on your spots. If you notice anything that just seems odd to you or something new, let us know. Otherwise, we always recommend seeing them in the office once a year. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Dr. Bosco, for joining us today. I'm so glad we have options for taking care of our skin during this time of year. And now we know some of the things that we need to look out for. We'll be right back with more from the Moms Network. Stay tuned. This episode of the Moms Network is brought to you by Basco Dermatology, your skincare experts. We really see bread and butter dermatology like acne, rosacea, hair loss, warts, all the way to more complicated conditions like an autoimmune connective tissue disorder like lupus or dermatomyositis or an autoimmune blistering condition. In addition, I do provide surgical services and that encompasses removal, surgical removal of atypical moles, uh, something as benign as a cyst or a lipoma, all the way to skin cancer. And then we do offer cosmetic services. Every patient who comes to Basco Dermatology really feels heard. They receive personalized care. They will never feel rushed. See our dermatologist regularly. Even something that can look very innocent 
to our eyes, such as the pink bump that is completely asymptomatic, can actually turn to be a deadly cancer. A melanotic melanoma can present just like a pink bump. And I have seen many pink bumps, even in young adults. If there is one thing that I want to emphasize, it is go and see your dermatologist regularly, once a year um, to start with, and then more frequently if necessary. This episode of The Moms Network is brought to you by Basco Dermatology, your skincare experts. Welcome back to The Moms Network. Patty, Sarita, Eric, and I are back with an update of our lives during COVID-19. I know this quarantine time has been pretty challenging for all of us in different ways. So I wanted to check in with you guys. How are you doing? Good. We're doing good. I mean, we, we made it through. Well, I mean, it's not through, but we made it to this point, and I feel like that's a celebration. Um, I think, you know, everybody had their own challenges. I mean, for me, I have older kids, and so we went without a college graduation ceremony and had to, you know, and send a child off to new employment in a new town without really being able to feel like we could do it the way we were going to do it. Um, but I think that we got closer as a family. I think we have learned to kind of set our own personal boundaries a little bit better of don't be all on top of each other. Uh, but it's, it's been good. And fortunately for us, we have been, we've stayed healthy and we have, we've, we've, we're, we're looking into moving back to the new normal, but we're doing it very cautiously. And you know, we're a family that's very cautiously optimistic. So we are, that's kind of where we are at this point is looking at what's happening and how will we now transition into the new normal. Mm -hmm. Sarita, how about you? I know you and I both have high school seniors that uh, didn't walk across the stage. So um, how, how are you and your kids doing? I think when all this initially started, it was great to have the reprieve from our very structured and busy schedules. Uh, it was like you were granted a wish, a wish, you know, everything came to a pause. You didn't have to be at meetings, events, activities. There's no deadlines. So it was kind of fun. It was a really a long vacation, but here we are two minutes, almost two months since we last have had our call. And now it's the reality that everything was not put on pause. Some things are just lost forever as we are talking about uh, for high school seniors or college seniors, those proms, those graduations, um, I don't think they're going to get rescheduled, but they're going to be canceled. So it's been very emotional. I have a high school senior daughter, and this was something she was looking forward to with her uh, friends. And I think we have to accept that it's okay to be upset, sad. We have to process those emotions first before we can then pick ourselves up and say, okay, in this new norm, how can we still celebrate those milestones? So we've had to get creative. Uh, she had a prom dress. So we decided when it was supposed to be her prom that we were just gonna have a prom party at home 
we all got dressed. Um, we went to take some pictures and then decided to do that evening, go for a walk downtown Naperville. That was pretty isolated, but it was beautiful with the tulips in bloom. So I think it's that reality now that we're not gonna get back to the old norm as turning a switch on, it's gonna be gradual and how do we adapt? Um, so definitely two months later, since our initial talk, I feel it's just settling in that we're not getting back to the way things were. And maybe for the good, maybe we make some changes that uh, we've always wanted and never made. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I know, and I'll talk a little later, but I know for myself, I've made some really positive changes for myself, but there have been some sadnesses and some stressors. Um, Erica, you are the lone mom with the young kids on our call. I know that you know our other co-hosts, uh, Grace and Lindsay, also have young ones, but you're, you have the young ones of this crowd. So how is that going with them? It's going well. Um, we are in District 203, so school ended for my second grader. Definitely anticlimactic. <laughs> no goodbye hugs, no closure, no popsicles after school. It's, it's mm. a, at a whole different level than, than these seniors, but it's still tradition and it's still routine. And that's what all of us, including the adults, thrive on is that routine. Um, they did, Naperville did ringing of the bells. They even rang Carillon for the seniors, I think on the last day. We told my preschooler it was for him too. It was for the preschool graduates. He was beaming with pride. I mean, just beaming. Sometimes I think these, these um, new creative celebrations we're coming up with are even more special sometimes <laughs> than what the original one, you know, was planned. Um, for us, I'm a little concerned, like at nighttime, my daughter's nightmares have increased since COVID. She seems fine during the day, but all of us right at night, that's when we're left with our thoughts and things kind of, you know, whirl in our minds. So I just worry about the stress that they're under, even though they're little, because we're explaining things to them, but there's also a lot of disconnect. There are friends who they're not allowed to see, you know, who can't even come within six feet and other friends who say, everything's fine. We're fine. Give me a hug. So for small children, that's hard to navigate, you know, what's what. Mm -hmm. I agree. As, as, um, we've opened up, uh, reopened up my practice. Um, it's interesting for me to be able to navigate maybe 14 different conversations on the same topic with 14 different people that feel 14 different things. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I know that I, what I, I know what I feel about everything, but I need to just be cognizant and give grace to people that are on one side of the spectrum or another side of the spectrum. I tend to fall in the middle of everything. Kind of like I can see this side, I can see this side and my truth is somewhere wrapped up in the middle of all of that. Um, but it, it's been, very challenging, like you said, navigating different people and different relationships and knowing how do we teach our children like, well, this is what our family's doing. And though even though you see this family doing that or this family doing the opposite, that our family's doing this and explain why. And then I like to explain like, okay, well, different people do feel different things because they take in the world differently. They have different things that are affecting them in different ways. So, um, 
think there's just some time for some grace and some understanding where people are along that spectrum of belief. Um, and that, that's a hard thing to navigate as a mom. It, well, if you don't know what the other family or the other people, what they're bringing to the table. You know, if somebody lives with somebody, you know, I live with somebody that is very vulnerable health-wise, you know, I, my husband has diabetes. And so we have to be a little bit, air a little bit more cautious than others. And so I do think that idea, Kathy, of just having grace with others and where they're coming from, because we don't know. We don't know what is bringing them to that place of decision that they're making. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. the harder thing is we might all have different perspectives of what the social distancing, how to handle this as we move to the next phase in Illinois. But the harder part is it's such a collective effort on this. And that's where the tensions are. Some of the choices that some other people make where they're more conservative and some who are more relaxed, it's the fear that is that going to push us collectively back to where we were or are we going to be able to move forward? I think that's where some of the tension is that choices any of us are making are going to impact all of us collectively. Mm. Yeah. Yep, that's for sure. I know that on the kind of negative aspect of things for me, I'm still financially dealing with quite a bit on my practice. Um, Even though we are reopened, we're only somewhere between 45, 50% volume, which unfortunately is enough to pay my rent, but not all of my employees full amount. You know, it's, it's, um, it doesn't cover, it doesn't cover my salary. It doesn't cut, you know, there's being in business and having a brick and mortar location is very expensive. Um, not only in Naperville, but anywhere. And so, um, while it's so wonderful to be back open, there's a fear that lay on my shoulders. You talk about the, the middle of the night, Erica, where, where things definitely feel worse at night. And I just think, Oh my goodness, like, what if we stay at this volume? Like, what, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for my staff? Um, and so that unknown is very, very unsettling for me personally. Um, what, would, what would you guys say is kind of the worst part for you um, as, as we deal with this? I'm thinking about what school looks like in the fall for my little ones. I mean, there's been a lot of things circulating, but you see, you know, everyone over two wearing a mask and this and that. And I have an incoming kindergartner and I can't imagine a five-year-old walking into a brand new big building and being six feet away and wearing a mask. That blows my mind. So I try to take one day at a time because there's no point in me worrying about August or September or whatever that looks like. Um, you know, kids are resilient and it'll be fine, whatever it is. But that's, that's kind of what I'm always thinking is what is the fall? What does it look like? I, I keep yeah. hearing new normal and it kind of drives me nuts because I don't want there to be a new normal. <laughs> I want to go back to the real, the other normal. And, you know, yes, maybe we'll all slow down a little bit. Maybe we'll do a few fewer activities, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I, the hair, hair salons are opening up. And I got a letter from mine. I said, I don't want to get my hair cut because it's such an enjoyable experience normally. This sounds miserable. I'm not paying $60 (laughs) to wait in my hair, go have my wet hair and leave. That sounds horrible to me, you know? Um, 
So no, thank you. Old normal, please. <laughs> I think I totally agree with that. That whole idea of the new normal, I want it to be the old normal. And I know that that, I guess the longer that this has gone on, the more I realize that's not a reality. And, and for us, I have a daughter getting married in December. And mm. so the fall is supposed to be filled with nothing but fun celebrations and all those things that lead up to you know, a December wedding. And we're starting to have to really think now, what if it can't be what we thought it was going to be? You know, what if our, and even to the wedding, like, you know, Sarita's point of what if the, you know, if a wave came back, what would we, what would the wedding look like? You know, we have friends that have had to change their kids' weddings completely because of where they fall. So I, I'm with, I am so sitting in Erica's boat with the, I want the old normal back. And I just know that that isn't reality. And that's hard. And, and so Sarita, I never realized how much I miss the normal that we had. And as parents, as moms, it's a lot to handle. Not only are you managing your own physical, mental emotional stress but then you're trying to make sure your kids are okay your spouse is okay and there's no manual once again that any of us have and this is we're doing our best we need to give ourselves the grace uh, we wrestle with here we thought uh, college was going to be an important decision and that's where all our last year was based but don't know now what the fall looks like do we feel comfortable sending her if school's back on campus? Uh, what does it mean, like Kathy said, with I run businesses, what's the new norm? We usually run summer camps and trying to navigate and figure out what we are going to be able to do. So, yeah. you know, and it's, and I think initially everyone was excited to have the downtime and it was great, you know, to be able to do a lot more but now it's the reality, all this unstructured schedules, how they're impacting kids, like Erica said, you know? Yeah, it's, it, I mean, all of those things are, are a lot of the challenges that everyone faces. Um, as we wrap up, uh, and if you know me, you know I like to end on something positive. Um, so we don't have a ton of time, but I'd like to just go around and say the one area of our lives that we feel we can come out of this in a positive way. Um, for me, that's my health. I have been taking so much better care of myself. I've been exercising, eating better, sleeping better, um, and I feel better than I felt in 10 years. So that, that would be my positive. How about you, Erica? Mine, I have not been eating as well as I should be. <laughs> Thank you for that inspiration. <laughs> I will, uh, I'll go ahead and say just the family unit. We are eating dinner together every night. Um, I'm appreciative more and more. My husband, the relationship that my two children have together as siblings, because they're each other's only playmate right now. So just that family structure, that family unit right now, we are definitely coming out of this closer. How about you, Patty? Um, I feel like I've gotten and more connected to people, which seems weird because we're socially distanced, but I think I've taken more advantage of all the technology and I've actually been more connected to like people I went to high school with. Um, I have a weekly check-in with my sisters. I mean, we, none of us live by each other. So I feel like this has brought forward the importance of those relationships and that even when we can't be 
sitting in the same room or even in the same town, we can still be connected. And that connection is, I, I was missing it and didn't even know I was missing mm -hmm. it. I would say definitely uh, more family time with two high schoolers. I don't think we've ever had this much time where we're all together. And like Patty said, it's so much easier to schedule connecting with people. They have time, if nothing, you know? So it's been fun to connect with distant relatives and friends. And like I said, hopefully this has been a time of reflection to maybe in the new normal, not be so scheduled and not so busy what's really yeah. more important to assess. I, I think that's a, a great point. Mm -hmm. No matter how this time has affected you, we hope you've been able to find a few silver linings. Thank you for watching the Moms Network. And remember, you are always invited. Thank you. This episode of the Moms Network is brought to you by Basco Dermatology, your skincare experts.